This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. That kid is back! On the escalator again! Leave it alone! What? Comics. Who are you? I'm Batman. TV and movies. Wrestling. And Music. We are just getting started! Finally, a podcast about things you actually care about, hosted by a couple of guys who actually care about those things, too. What? Did we just become best friends? Yep. Maybe a little too much. Yes! That's awesome. The talented one, Chris Machete. That no-talent ass clown became famous. And Brenton, you know, that guy from your other favorite podcast. I liked it. I was good at it. So grab onto the handrail and don't let go. There's a little boy caught the escalator! This is the Kids on the Escalator podcast. Woo! Here's CM and BD. Hello. Here we are. What's happening, buddy? What's going on? Yeah, it's been nice weather here in Kingston, Ontario lately. I'm just chilling. It's been, been good. Been really busy. Lots of work going on. Positive, fun, art, comic book work. Working on the uh, Ancient Gods of the Machete Universe, which is a new uh, project from my uh, comic book company. It's awesome. Still teaching. Amen. I got the Scholastic thing that I'm in my third uh, lesson on. My third, uh, third, what they call it. I don't know what they call it. Whatever they, my third uh, session working for Scholastic, which is great. Captain the Underpants scholastic, and stuff. Scholastic. It's funny though because you get in there and then I introduce myself and then the kids start talking, right? And they're very polite. They're great kids. I, have to, I got to mention that, you know, you come into these situations with 15 kids and you're like, oh, shit, man. But now, nah, man, they're great kids. But after I start talking to them and they start talking to me, they, they want to learn the Marvel way. And I twist it oh. around and I teach them the machete way. So we just, we have fun. It's good. So yeah, it's busy, busy. It's good. I took a break from hockey for a little bit here. I'm, I'm back on the ice. I'm back on the ice tomorrow night. But uh, awesome, I, man! I've, awesome. Good I'm job. practically taking a break from hockey out here because the Canucks are shitting the bed uh, out this way, and uh, that's been interesting. At least the Leafs are coming back a bit. However, I've got a Samsonov in my pool, and he's out, and so I don't know. That's going right. to did for a they while. say how long he's going to be out for? <sighs> Doesn't it looks pretty ugly? Maybe, oh, does it? Maybe, maybe our guest wow. today will know. We're going to bring him in, our old pal Darren Pfeiffer. How are you, sir? Hey, From buddy. the band Goldfinger. And you've got a, the, 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 the podcast, and you're on the air, and you're doing so many things. Welcome back to the show, Darren. How Thanks are you? Thanks for having me. Tell everyone who you are and all the rest of it, and, and let's have um, some fun. Darren Pfeiffer, born June 7th, 1969, six foot two, <laughs> 235 pounds. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> uh, that's a Dan Patrick podcast thing. He does that when his people call in, they give their height and their weight. But uh, yeah, I played drums and Goldfinger for 20 years, had a great career doing that. Um, not in it anymore. That's a, that's another uh, tale for another day, maybe a podcast down the line. Um, right now I play drums in a band called Punk Rock Karaoke with members of really famous, well-known punk rock bands. I don't know why I'm in it. Uh, you got Greg Hetson from Circle Jerks and Bad Religion. You got Stan Lee from the Dickies. You got Melvin from No Effects and Randy from Pennywise. And we go around the world and we got about 90 songs and we 
we, we play and you sing. And, and people come to meet us, they come to sing, and they come to have a good time. And it's literally the funnest band I've been in in my entire life, throughout my history of music. We talk every day, we all get along, there's no fighting. We don't have a singer, so everyone shows up on time. <laughs> no one's no one's a dick to be around. We it literally is the funnest band, and I still get to travel a lot and 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 have a lot of fun doing that. I have a day job. I'm a music accountant for CAA here in Los Angeles. So I'm doing uh, today. I did what did I do? I did um, uh, uh, Babyface. I did Duckworth, Engelbert Humperdinck. Chaka <laughs> um, Khan, Joey Fatone, Joey Fatone, Puddles Piddle, uh, Puddles Pity Party. Uh, so I just like handle all their post-show accounting so, in, in, in escrow. So if, it's a day job. It's fun. It's numbers. It's math, and you know, it's it's something I, I've been doing. You know, tour managing for years. So uh, numbers don't scare me. So you it's, deal it's, with the accounting that I submit at the end of my tours and I go, yes, there you go. And yes. then it goes to you. And then you call me on the phone and go, how come it costs this much money to do this? And I say, because your singer likes to do things and we have to. Yeah. Your NBOR is a little off on this one. I did That's the right. That's right. <laughs> That's quite the lineup in that karaoke band though, man. Holy cow. Oh, it's so much fun, man. It, I mean, we haven't gotten to Canada in a couple of years, obviously because of COVID what's going on, but we do have to plan it because when we go to uh, Hamilton and Toronto, uh, you know, um, St. Catharines, people show up and it's a lot of fun. We haven't been to Kingston, but maybe I book here in that. Kingston. If you need any, if you need a connection, I book here in Kingston. I'm on the uh, the city the city live music dealy here. I, I'm starting a new uh, thing on uh, uh, Machete Metal uh, Night, so I want to start showing some more independent punk and metal bands out here and stuff. That's my beginning. Throwing my hat in the ring here. I just moved here, right? So yeah, yeah. You ever want to come down here, brother? Just let me know. Okay, for sure. I mean, probably, obviously, summer of 23 when we but yeah, I, I'll get a hold of you and we'll figure out a way to get to. Yeah. Welcome to the show, buddy. Um, oh, I need lost. Getting a phone call. I guess that, we've I done guess Montreal, they... we've done Ottawa, we've done Quebec City, but we haven't, we, we just kind of roll past Kingston, but maybe it's worth a stop. It's but, definitely worth a stop. Some yeah, of the best shows ever there. College crowd here. Insane as well. I lost you. I think I lost yeah. the volume. I think, audio. I, you might have to reconnect, buddy. You might have to reconnect. See, he's uh, Darren's on the phone today. Might, I'm just going to put him out. And, uh, there you go. That's right. Bring him back in when he gets in there. It's all good. There you go. Okay. Here we go. Can you hear me now? Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. You got us? Right. Sorry about that. No, I was just good, saying buddy. the college and university crowd here in Kingston is nuts, Ooh. man. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's a big college town, right? Yeah. My buddy... Uh, had some some friends here that were coming through playing, it, and I'm getting old now. And they were on at uh, like 1:30, and I was like, "Oh, dude, dude, there's gonna be nobody there, right?" And I was downtown at the two can, and the nah, place was packed. <laughs> Just, and they were they were they were excited, man. They were excited. It was really cool. Darren, you said that too when you came when I saw you in LA last. You came to my show uh, at the Staples there at Crypto now. That's called, and you're like, "What time are they on?" And I'm like, "It's like eight o'clock." You're like, "Oh." I love this. Eight o'clock. Yeah. They were done at like nine thirty. It was like you're early to bed. It was great. Yeah, I'll be in bed. I'll be in bed Anyways, by ten. I'm... Yeah, we're all getting older now. It's like you know things. Think things shift when you get older. Time shifts. Today we are going to be chatting about some of the most underrated bands uh, that have ever come around and they're not and necessarily in particular order darren you do have a bit of an order on a few things but 
just in general, just some bands that we think didn't quite get their due or just were just, you know, not quite there. So, um, or that we love that just weren't quite there. So, uh, you have to jump early. You've got, um, duties. So let's talk about your list. And I've got, I, I, coincidentally, we both had something on, on the list, uh, but all three of us, I think are going to agree with your number six and number five, basically. So why don't you go ahead, uh, and give us a bit of a rundown on some of the most underrated bands in your world. For sure. Well, I'm going to start with numbers number five, uh, which is a Canadian band called Sloan. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, obviously, you guys know who they are from from being in Canada, and, and yeah, they're so legends in in Canada. But in America, no one knows who they are. Wow. Um, which is I've such a shame. And I've, I've played Sloan for people, and they're like, "Who is this, Darren?" I'm like, "It's Sloan." They're like, "Who?" I go, "They've been around for decades. They're." amazing songwriters they put on a great show they're they're making some noise again now uh putting out music and playing shows but in america they're just invisible i don't know how they do in the uk or in australia but that that band just writes really fucking good songs and they're all i mean seem to all get along the same guys in the band forever um and when you see a a band that has the same guys you, you, you they figured it out and it's hard, you know, I'm not going to get too sidetracked, but it's hard to be in a band uh, for that long and stay with the guys. So, um, again, great songwriters, great guys. Uh, if you've ever met them, they're always around Toronto and and they're always, they'll, they'll always give you a, um, a hello and shake your hand and take a picture. And, and a lot of them play hockey. They're pretty good hockey players. And uh, nice. an honorable mention would be uh, the salads. And I know that you you have that on your list, too, Brent. But um I, I played drums in that band when when their drummer left. Um, they asked me to audition I did, I, with a bunch of people, and I'm like, "Well, why don't I just do it?" And they're like, "You have the time because you're do- doing a lot of stuff with Goldfinger." I'm like, "Yeah, I got the time." And so we put out a record, and we did a bunch of shows, a bunch of touring, and again, another band that made some noise in Canada. But when you mention the Salads in America, no one knows who they are, and in my mind, it, that's a crime. And this record in particular is, and anyone watching, uh, we tried to get Mr. D tonight too. He, he's going to join us down the road, maybe for another discussion. Um, but um, this record in, in particular too, I mean, I just absolutely love this album. And this was to me the, the, the coming out, not coming out party, but this was sort of like coming off those two giant records and then all the radio play that was happening. You played them all the time on Edge 102, I'm sure. Obviously, then you mm-hmm. joined the band. But yeah. man, that record hit so hard. Um, and then what was the title of the record that you played on again? It was called Music Every Day. Music mm-hmm. Every Day. And that was the follow-up to that, which was equally great. And um, and then, you know, radio died. <laughs> radio died. Yeah. And that was a byproduct of a... And both of those examples of bands that you've just given uh, are bands that basically went gold in Toronto. Gold in Toronto. Toronto gold. <laughs> But around the, rest of the, around the rest <laughs> of the country, it was like, around the rest of the country, it was like, you know, it was, it was a scrap. And well, Sloan, Toronto uh, Gold would be like St. Catherine's Platinum. Right. right. Well, there's so much there's so much <laughs> of that circuit, the 97.7 circuit and all those bands that played and did headstones and all those bands that, you know, we can get mm-hmm. on a Canadian content one for hours. I certainly can. Oh, but, yeah, definitely. But... But yeah, uh, but yeah, you're right. But yeah, love love the salads. Wish they it, more things would have happened for that. Um, but uh, some classic records out of them. What else? Real musicians and a great live band too. I mean, Ooh, I yeah. was like the weakest link in the band. I, I, I took over for a guy named Grant Taylor. 
mm-hmm. who is yeah. just so so good on drums. Uh, there were times when I was learning the parts when I joined the band. I had to call him a couple times and go, "What the hell are you doing?" <laughs> and he would explain it, and I would I'd have to like woodshed it to get it. But I, I eventually got it. And then of course Dave Zimba, like Eddie Van Halen, you know, yeah. guitar just, amazing, just, yeah. just a wickedly wickedly talented. Uh, guitar player world all world and then chuck daly um incredible bass player like really good songwriter and then darren who's like the the quintessential great vocalist but also an entertainer a great front man rad dude uh, so there there so there was there was no weak link in that band i i joined right in and, and we got along like brothers and put out a record and did some great shows and some videos and um, yeah, they, they never got their due. The people out there watching and listening have never heard of the salads, or if you've heard of them but never checked them out, really do yourself a favor and go on iTunes or YouTube and and, and fall down the rabbit hole, and uh, you will be a fan for sure. Uh, a couple of our friends here, Ryan Lindley, they were the Golden Horseshoe Heroes. So there you go. <laughs> Cost is out there too. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, absolutely. So good stuff. Yeah, great bands. Um, Roth Kung Fu's uh, one of my favorite salad tunes from back early. The Roth oh, yeah. Kung Fu, great tune. Definitely. So good, so good. Good stuff. Yep. Uh, where are we going now, there, Darren? Number four on my list would be a, a Swedish band called the Cardigans. Uh, they the, the, a lot of people call them a one-hit wonder with Love Fool, uh, and that song was massive. But they had a career before that. And they had a career after that. They put out some records like Gran Turismo and and Life was the first record. And she's just the cutest little thing in the world with a great voice. And um, I saw them live and they, they blew me out of the water. Uh, yeah, but besides Love Fool, you don't really hear a lot of people talking about the Cardigans. And they should because they're just so talented. Right. They have that video where she puts the block on the accelerator. Is that them? And she sits back on top and... yeah. Yeah, that's I, I, I'm just looking it up here because I, I remember. I think, uh, I think it's the video for favorite game. That's it. Yeah, I love that one. That's great, yeah. and the video is yeah. great too. She's awesome in it. I agree. Yeah. Maybe some of these bands are going to get a revival because um, one of the cool things that's happened now, it just happened in Vegas, was that um, when we were young festival, mm. and uh, yeah, you know, and then Corn just announced their thing today with like system of a down and and all those bands and stuff so i think you're gonna you know there'll probably be like a when we were british or something or when we were overseas and you're gonna get you know potentially your next candidate to the mix and then somebody like the cardigans and some of those european bands uh that are are drastically overlooked as well yeah yeah and it's funny that you mentioned the 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 british side of things Uh, my next couple bands are british Mm-hmm. Um, everyone talks about Oasis and uh, I, I, I'm not the world's biggest Oasis fan. I don't hate them. Uh, I think they write good songs. And I, I think that's a band that, that could have really become like right up there with U2 and Metallica and Green Day, like, like literally one of the biggest bands in the world if they just would have got their shit together. But at the time when they were coming out, they were at war with an, another British band called Blur. Um, <clears throat> and Blur to me are way better than oasis uh way more pop sensibility shorter songs um they they didn't take themselves too seriously uh they had no problem taking the piss uh on themselves uh and just really great songs everyone knows song to you know but like if you dive down into their catalog they just put out one great record after another and what 
another thing besides their uh, songwriting and their songs was their artwork. It was so magical. And I remember when we were putting out records in Goldfinger, every Goldfinger record we've ever put out has been artwork. And Blur at the time were putting out Park Life and Modern Life is Rubbish and and uh, The Great Escape. And I remember like these art, these photographs were so intriguing. And I went to the band and go, why don't we have a photograph on our record? They're like, well, why would we do that? I'm like, because a picture says a thousand words. Like we've, we've done the artwork thing. It's cool. I like it. Like they're like, well, like what? Like what would be the photograph? And I'm like, I don't know, like us on a park bench feeding the pigeons. They're like, that's stupid. Uh, you know, <laughs> we, we never actually put out a record with, with, with a photograph on the front of it. But um, artwork aside, man, just one great song after another. A great live band. And then Damon went on to do uh, Gorillaz. And uh, that's a band that if they came back around and I couldn't call a few people that I knew, like you, and get on the, get on mm-hmm. the guest list, I, I'd have to dive into my wallet and buy a ticket. My buddy just ran that Gorillaz tour. So, you, should, you know, that should have... Uh... And it did real well. So there you go. Very Everyone's watching right now, guys. They're like, God, Darren's such a pretentious asshole. I'm not. <laughs> I just know a plethora of musicians, of tour managers, managers, agents, crew guys, bus company. I mean, I just know so many people. So if I make a few phone calls and I want to see a band, I can probably get on the guest list. Uh, the Casa Los Pulp, there's a good one. Yep. Coffee and TV, cool. I believe it's called, with the little milk carton. Oh, that's one of your favorite videos, Chris. You're like, it's, it's yeah, I love that. He's just like, brilliant. he's doing this, right? He's doing that whole thing. <laughs> little there's girlfriend in the pink one across. Oh, it's just brilliant, brilliant video. Love it. Yeah. And song. Emil, uh, to, 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 uh, you know, but Morrissey, you know, Emil, to your point, though, Morrissey's still just killing it live. Uh, he's playing uh, Los Angeles at the Greek on Saturday. That's crazy. Uh, I'm going to that. Uh, Brennan, who was with me on Shakira plays drums with him, and uh, yeah, that's a whole thing. It's great. I had two two Morrissey uh, people. My uh, the security guy on this tour I just did was also Morrissey security person. So just a weird tie in there. Um, but yes, to your point, I think he I think he's an asshole. I think that's what everyone's saying. So there you go. <laughs> he, yeah, well, he, over, the, over the last couple of years, he's gotten way too political. He sure. said a, a lot of really far right stuff. Uh, really, there's no other way to put it. Like racial racism, he's a racist. He said things about about um, Asian people living in in uh, in the UK. So you can't walk down the street and and, and hear a British accent. All your hair is Jamaican or Chinese. Mm. It's like, bro, like you can't say <laughs> shit. Like that. You, no. you just can't. You can think it all you want. Like it's yeah. a free, free country, but you can't say it. Like until after tomorrow when apparently your whole country's going to just be able to say that. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. Tomorrow, we, tomorrow uh, it's official. We, uh, America goes in the garbage can. The good news guys is the good news. I think I might even have it. The good news is this. Hey, look, me- hey, look at this guy. New Canadian citizen. Yeah. Once we- America goes in the garbage can, I'm, c- I'm coming home. <laughs> nice. Or as close yep. as you can to Buffalo to watch your bills. All right, buddy, you got a couple more to go. Yeah, ah. staying, staying in the UK, uh, this is a band that was uh, around, like I would say, yeah, early 90s and into the 90s. Uh, and uh, they tried and tried to, to get a lot of success. And I, I fell in love with them. Me and my friends fell in love with them. And then they kind of faded out into obscurity. Uh, a band called Catherine Wheel. 
Uh, and they're they're like in the shoegazing realm, similar to like the Stone Roses or a band called Ride, Slow Dive, bands like that. Uh, the singer, the guy there on the far left, his name is Rob Dickinson. He had a solo career after Catherine Wheel, and then he's gone on to um, work for a, com- a starter company called Singer, which takes Porsches and mods them out top to bottom. And he he's got a co- his company is in Los Angeles. And he does Porsches for like Saudi princes and like billionaires. And uh, he's really into the, into the car restoration world. So he, he's doing that. But now me and my friend, Jeff, who was an agent uh, here in LA are having talks with Rob and to try to get the band back together. I've talked to all four members. Everyone's on board. Uh, everyone said they'll do it. I called a few um, buyers, Brent, like at the, at the Roxy, you know, Slims in San Francisco, House of Blues and and uh, in San Diego. I, I, this was years ago. Uh, th- this project is something I'm, I'm trying to get off the ground. And I said, hey, if I got the guys, original guys in Catherine Wheel back together, um, and, and they did their first record, Ferment, start to finish, with an encore, of course, would you want to buy it? And I gave them a number, and they didn't, they didn't hesitate. They're like, sold. Yeah, if, call me when it's real. So I went back to Rob, and I went back to the band. I said, hey, we could do like these three shows in L.A., and uh, San Diego and San Francisco for X amount of dollars. And they're like, how did you do that? I go, I made a few phone calls. <laughs> that's right. like, people don't care about our band. I'm like, well, I do. So <laughs> that's something that might come to fruition down the line, but shoegazing, but just really soulful, eerie kind of uh, vocals that Rob had um, dynamics uh, along the lines of the Pixies. Like one minute it was quiet and soft and real nice and the flip flip of a switch, and it was loud and aggressive, and in your face, and you're like, you're getting pounded, and then right back to the soft again. Um, they they had a really great grasp of dynamics, and uh, hopefully in 2023, maybe even you know in in the 23 24, we can see that band um, grace the stages again of uh, of the world, and I think people people would love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, just make a phone. That's what the world is. Right? Just make a phone call. Plus there's so many opportunities for these bands to play. Like what's like happening with the Pantera thing. It's like, all right, well, there's going to be at least 10 festivals that are going to be like, yes. Cause we need, we can't just keep putting Volbeat on stage. Like, you know what I mean? There's going to be tons of bands, tons of those festivals. So, and given that the, the retro things kind of coming back around, uh, yeah. they would, they on would a, fit in. They would fit though, in. Perfect. I, I, I think that Pantera thing, quite frankly, if I have to be honest, is a joke. Yeah, I, I don't get it either, man. I know, I get I, it. I get the money, but I don't get the... Yeah, I mean, without the Abbott brothers, it's just not Pantera. I'm sorry. It if shouldn't one have of them come was alive, if the drummer was alive, or that would make sense. But they're both gone. No, it should have been... Here's the problem. The diff- and we all can talk business all day long, but, you know, I thought when Phil and Selmo and the Illegals was out, I thought that was great. That was Phil... Uh, and the joke was he had a bunch of illegal immigrants in the band and they just played <laughs> Pantera songs. And that was his sort of like tribute to Pantera. And it was like, great. And if you watch this stuff online, it's deadly. It's pretty cool. Phil doesn't really have it anymore. He's kind of just standing there like, oh, my back hurts. So it's a little bit, it's a little, it's not visceral like it was, right? Like then that's what made Pantera so like crazy. Um, and with the brothers going, obviously that that's the thing. I think that they probably could have called it like, Brown and Selmo, Wild and and um, uh, Benante, and just went with the four last names. A tribute to the Abbott brothers, or something like that, or a tribute to, you know, 
to something. And Pantera fans would have bought in all day because then they would have went, okay. And then you, you kind of come out with that. And then you kind of ask for permission to call it Pantera. <laughs> to me. Well, it, it could have said those names and then um, pay tribute to yeah. Pantera or, or, or a Pantera tribute. Yeah. Uh, something That idea is genius. Uh, someone should have said that to them. Like, you can't call the band Pantera. Like, I know there's two of the guys in the band. And uh, by the way, I've, I've met Rex Brown. He's a total douchebag. Mm. Uh, I had him on my show, and he was he was combative. He was not a good guest. Mm. And Phil Anselmo, uh, he did at the uh, Lucky Strike, which is a bowling alley slash venue in Hollywood. Um, a couple of years before the pandemic, he was seen on video doing white power and then doing the Nazi uh, thing. I was yeah. at that show. You were and- there. I was there. I did not see him do this. I left early. I was. I had to get up, or I was tired, or whatever. I had to, I had to leave. But if I did see him do that, I think we would have had words. Yeah, it's it's just that it's, and, and I think everyone is sort of on the same page about it. And we can get to your number one here in a sec, but I think everyone's kind of on the same page about it. But somebody, I, I read a quote somewhere from some from one of the bands. It might have been Corey Taylor, or it might have been somebody, um, and he said we're all going to complain about it or you're all going to complain about it. And then you're all going to go see it. <laughs> it was I, like, I'm and not. that's why, that's why the money that's, I'm just saying, that's why the money it, it'll be seen, whether it be on YouTube or whether it be on something, he goes, you're all going to complain about it. And then you're all going to go see it. Yeah. Uh, I've seen Pantera back in the day. I don't really me too. too. I don't even see this, this abomination. I mean, all those guys are great dudes. Like they're all great guys, uh, except for uh, Rex and uh, Phil. Um, Zach so, two and, the, so two of the guys are great. Two. Yeah, Zach, Zach and Charlie are, are great. Yeah. The other guys are kind of, you know, not, yeah. not so much, but, uh, yeah. I, I, I and also, no and on a side note to that, Darren too, and you might know this, but doesn't Charlie have, ten, uh, um, carpal tunnel? So that's why Anthrax always has a, a, a guy kind of on standby, like the play. So Charlie will play like oh. three shows and then the guy will come in and play in Charlie's place. I did a whole tour with them and he wasn't on it. Like uh, you know what I mean? Like it was. They I think it was Jason. Wasn't Jason Bittner playing drums on that? Maybe, but it was like Charlie. So I'm like, you know, can he play those ten shows? Great, but it's like, mm. it, what happens when he can't play? And it's like, well, now we're bringing the drummer in from this band, yeah. You know, to, and then it just loses the thing. But the million dollar is still there. So, <laughs> so whatever, man. I don't know. Whatever. Uh, and your number one, buddy. Your number one. My number one is a is a band um, that. I don't think a lot of people know who they are, um, but they should. Another British band called XTC, like the letters XTC. And Andy Partridge, who's uh, uh, all the way there on the left, who an absolute brilliant, brilliant songwriter. Uh, you might know their hits, Dear God, uh, Making Plans for Nigel is another one that did a lot, made a lot of Oh, money. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they had a they had a number of great songs. Uh, Peter Pumpkin, Ballad of Peter Pumpkin had uh, make uh, senses working overtime, generals and majors, mayor or simpleton is probably my favorite song by theirs. Uh, the problem with XTC is Andy Partridge there on the left. Uh, he uh, developed crippling stage fright, mm. oh. and he had a very very tough time performing live it got worse and worse and worse to the point where maybe just became a studio band they would put out a record maybe play one show or two a year because andy just couldn't do it interesting um, 
which sucks if you're in that band. They're like, dude, look, this is how we make money. <laughs> yeah. Playing shows. And there's a band that if they somehow, by hook or crook, got back together and played a show, because I think all of them are still alive. If they did a show, I mean, I don't care what it would cost. Like, if I, <laughs> I I'd pay. Mm-hmm. Um, same same with the Smiths. The Smiths aren't un, are, are not underrated. But if that band got back together, I, I know it ain't going to happen. But if it did, I, I don't. And it was a thousand dollars a ticket. I mean, am I going to go see Blink for a thousand dollars or the Smiths? Um, mm-hmm. That was a joke. But uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> if XTC got back together, it would be it, they would be doing some very large large venues. And um, again, just great songwriting. Um, and you don't hear a lot of people talk about them at all, ever. No, that's true. That's true. Well, there's no one waving a flag, but the good thing that you have a show. Where can people find your show, sir, online? My show is called The Dangerous Darren Show. It's uh, Adobe.com. Is the Adobe Radio is the, is the uh, platform. But it goes out on all the, all the typical uh, service providers like Pandora and Spotify and YouTube and Amazon Music. It's, it's Apple Podcasts. It's called The Dangerous Darren Show. It's on Adobe, adobe.com or dangerousdarrenshow.com. Or find me on Twitter and Instagram at DangerousD underscore show. Um, I got some great guests coming on the pipe, right? I got Neil deGrasse Tyson coming on. Oh, you got Neil deGrasse. Good for you. I'm, I'm just Jeez. waiting for it. I, I, I've, read, I've read all of his books. I'm a big science and astrophysics nerd, so I'm going to have him on the show. Uh, Glenn Matlock from you know Sex Pistols said he'd come on my show, talk, talk, talk about the filthy Luther tour that Goldfinger did back in 95, 96. Wow. When Sex Pistols got back together, we were we were the opening act along with another band called Gravity Kills. Okay. Oh yeah. And uh, it was the worst tour we've, we've ever done in our lives. <laughs> no one, people were flipping us off and they hated us. <laughs> I was gonna say that's a tough it, one. It was everybody was in their fifties and we were in our twenties. And so after like I won't fall down the rabbit hole too too far, but after like two shows, we're like, how do we how do we do this and keep our sanity? So we decided to make fun of the, of the people in the audience. We're like, we play a couple songs and then we hear booze and, and people would do this the whole time, the whole show. Like we had 35 minutes, they just do this. And we would go like, we, we know you hate us and you, you want to see the sex pistols. And, but after the show, we're all going to have sex with your daughters. You know. <laughs> uh, then we play a couple shows and they'd boo and we're like, look, you know, we know that you hate us, but we take solace in that we have a long life ahead of us and you'll be dead soon. Right. Just nail them. And the booze just, I mean, they were throwing stuff at us. It was great. And, and so, the, and then, and then uh, once me and Johnny Rotten almost got into a fist fight and we got kicked off the tour, but then we got let back on the tour after I trashed her dressing room. And they thought that was they thought that was punk, and we, they let us back. That's punk rock right there. there well, check, check it out, Dangerous Darren Show. Uh, yeah, re- recent episode. Yeah, George from uh, Alex is on fire. Uh, you had uh, <laughs> uh, Paul from Cannibal Course. Uh, this is a great one, and I, and I noticed this too. You have uh, you had Will Wheaton on. Stand mm-hmm. by me for everybody and Star Trek. So there you go, Will Wheaton, um, and. Yeah, just some great stuff on here, dude. Yeah, that's so, rad. Um, so make sure you go check out Darren. And Darren, you've got an idea, um, which we love it when our guests come on with ideas, uh, about talking. We're doing top five most underrated. You want to go into metal. You want to go into punk. You want to go into pop. You want to go into uh, all sorts of stuff. So hopefully you'll come back, buddy, and we'll, we'll, we'll mm-hmm. do it again. In a yeah, I think we could genre these. And, and if we did a metal one, I think we'd all, because we all love metal so much, I, I think that we'd have a lot of fun with that one. Absolutely. Yeah, me too, buddy. 
Uh, the time is 6.30. You got to run. Uh, appreciate the time, buddy. I, I, I'm really, really, really great to see you. Yeah, Welcome thanks, back man. to the show. Uh, I love that you're wearing an, uh, an Ontario Reigns uh, hockey shirt. Nice. Uh, very, very cool. And uh, last thing, uh, who do you like in this year in the NHL? Then you can get out of here. It's a little early. I mean, you're right. The Canucks aren't doing that 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 well. I, mean, I think you mentioned that before we went on air, or maybe after. I don't remember. But yeah, the Canucks aren't doing that great. The Leafs seem to be have found their stride, you know, after beating the Bruins and the Hurricanes in in succession. But it's a little too early. Uh, but if I had to give it to anybody, I'd say right now Boston looks pretty damn good. I mean, top to bottom, they're they're just that top line of Bergeron, Pasternak, and Marchand is unstoppable. And they have a decent second line, too, with Hall and DeBrusque. Um, out west, uh, God, I don't even know who's good out about. I guess the the Golden Knights are, are, are playing really good hockey right now. They seem to have yeah. found their groove. The Knights are killing right now, which is great. But, uh, but who knows? It's uh, it's early, and injuries often happen and do. And that changes the, the path of a lot of professional sports teams. So we'll see. It does. That's Darren Pfeiffer right there. Thanks, gentlemen. Have Thanks, buddy. You, buddy. We'll Take talk care. to you soon. Thanks for coming on. Appreciate it, man. Take care. Fun stuff to have Darren back, man. That's great. Awesome. Awesome stuff, man. It's been a while since we saw him. I think we saw, well, we saw him on the, on the salads tribute show or the salads, uh, you know, right. He was on just for a bit. He was in his car and he just pulled over the side of the road and talked to us. That was nice of him. Yeah. Yeah, We we listened to a lot of Goldfinger when we started our band, Mr. Machete, huh? Oh yeah. Tons. Uh, yeah, hate the Costa. Can we all laugh at Jack Campbell at least? Come on, he'll find it. he'll find his way. I, I think there's just you can't. The Costa, you're playing with the best player in the world in front of you, and I know that's going to rile up people, Austin Matthews fans. But let's just call it what it is. And you know, McGregor's the best player in the world. There's got to be a point where you go, I've got him in front of me. I'm just, I just got to play better. That's just the way it's going to go. He'll bring it around. He'll bring it around. Yeah, um, sure. All right, buddy, let's go to your list. Chris is okay, well, about, I, yeah, you got a tons of stuff here, which is great. Well, I got a few anyway. So I was going to hit some thrash metal to start off. So I'm kind of skipping yeah. around genres here. As, as Darren was saying, it'd be cool to specialize in uh, one genre each time we do it. But for now, I'm going to jump around. So I got a thrash metal band from the mid to late 80s, of course. This is a band called Nuclear Assault. And uh, Dan Bilker was in this band. He was the bass player there. He's far left, who was also an SOD. He's done a lot. Now, these guys were really, really cool. I really enjoyed uh, the the, uh, the riffs, of course. Da, 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 da. They had they had that chunky riff, and that it they had the thrash so- sound when it was just first coming out in the late '80s. I saw these guys live with like Testament and Slayer. It was just amazing. Albums to look for uh, would be Handle with Care '89 uh, and Survive '88. That's a cool thing back in the day. They used to put they used to put albums out like every year, right? Like yeah. sit down, write an album, record it. Um, but yeah, Nuclear Assault. As far as metal and thrash goes, man, check them out. Um, and my my backup uh, would be one that you grabbed, right? Prawn. I have them in mind, and and we'll get to that. Yeah, but uh, definitely uh, that's your. We'll get to honorable mentions, and but you'll okay. Be sure. Okay, well, there's my thrash metal band. Do you got anything yeah. heavy you want to throw in there? Um, I mean, Armored Saint for me was yeah, like a go. was a big one. Um, uh, where'd they go here? Uh, where's uh, where'd he go? Where'd he go? Where'd he go? Uh, I, that was your nuclear assault. Sorry, I had an Armored Saint graphic and it went away. Um, but Armored Saint uh, for me, obviously John Bush uh, eventually went on to Anthrax. Um, and <clears throat> I, I think there's something to be said about the fact that Anthrax brought him in. People were like, what the hell? Who is this guy? And mm-hmm. then um, 
you know, Metallica would take them out again. They opened up a whole ton of like metal who were still even up to like whatever a couple of years ago. And their lot, the record they just put out like two years ago was killer. It's absolutely killer. And there's John's voice back in there again. There's just something to be said about a band that like all the metal guys go, yeah, let's just bring Armored Saint out. We owe, you know, we owe them uh, because we got so famous and they sadly didn't. And we had, um, uh, we talked. We talked about the the metal there a couple weeks ago, a couple months ago on the last season. Um, mm-hmm. With uh, oh, what's our friend's name there that was on with us from the metal band from San Francisco? Uh, uh, he was at the house. Uh, oh shit, it'll come back to me. But anyways, we had him on the show. Um, but uh, yeah, so Armored Saint that would for me was a uh, was was one that uh, never got its due, and I just think they got lost in the shuffle. They're right in that 83, 84, the switch. Mm-hmm. You're going to touch on one of the, one of my favorite bands soon, and they weren't mm-hmm. quite pretty enough. You know what I mean? Like, it's just kinda, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who else you got there, buddy? Okay, so, um, so if we want to hit pop sounds, now this is your quintessential 90s sound. Uh, Matt Sweet. Holy crap, man. Yeah. This guy was like, yeah, yeah, look at him. <laughs> I love it. Understand that that album's just flawless in my opinion. And he played basically he played most of the instruments on that and wrote most of it. He'd get a lead guitar player to come and do some stuff here and there, right? Some guest musicians, but for the most part it was all Matthew Sweet and it just friggin' dripped of indie sound, like from the seventies indie, but nineties kind of claimed that sound, didn't it? Nineties claimed. Did. That it indie did. sound. Um, yeah. yeah, 90 indie sound with a 70s vibe. I think that's what we all were, were into. And uh, a little known fact about Matthew Sweet, though, is he's done so much songwriting for other people that's lesser known. A funny one is the Austin Power song, and the BBC, and the BBC. He's actually in there. He's the Absolutely. With Susanna Hoffs from the Bengals. And she's in there as well, right? Yeah. So yeah. Um, so he, he, he wrote or co-wrote that song, and he's in there. Um, and just... If you want to look at something 100% fun that uh, Brent just showed, wow, that album is just flawless, in my opinion. It that, really that's is. essential 90s right there. And then uh, a little before it was Girlfriend. That was 91. Uh, 100% fun come out 95, right in the middle of the 90s, man. Yeah, Matthew Sweet is one of my personal favorites. So underrated. I kind of like to keep Matthew Sweet to myself. I don't know. Because that album right there, 100%. I lo- no, I love that. Because it, the, the, when I met you, you had that and gin blossoms on auto like just on repeat all the time and you and nobody enjoy, i mean matthew sweet was like um sick of myself was on the radio then so we'd all heard it at that point but um i don't think i had a physical copy of the record at, at that point and you did i mean you had everything at that point it was very cool you even had a candle box record but yeah. <laughs> like we had everything from that time mm-hmm. and matthew sweet was on auto like on repeat consistently so that was great yeah, and that was funny because at that time as well, everybody hated Weezer because they had just released Pinkerton, and I thought it was the one of the greatest things I've ever heard. Remember yeah, that? Absolutely. Yeah, I was like, that was on repeat as well. God and Goldfinger, Goldfinger, yeah, yeah. And Goldfinger, right. I mean, I mean, Goldfinger, like outside of like our guest that was on today, I mean, those first records were just visceral, man. It was such a great sound at the time, and. It was so Man. much fun, dude. Yeah, dude, so and much their fun. stage show was incredible. Yeah. Was so anyway, eyes. we yeah. Open your eyes. Yeah, it was great. Now he's gone. Where we're like, yeah, talking about how great he is. Great, great like, stuff. Yeah. <laughs> gin blossoms. Yeah, I love gin blossoms. They're pretty underrated, I think. Um, but they would I make also that list. struck up a friendship with Robin, the singer online, back in the early two thousands through video games, which was funny through video games and comic books online. 
um, which was great. And he gave me some really good advice. And I sent him some music. He checked out my music and we were chatting. And then I never heard from him again. Weird thing. He left uh, the uh, the company that was work that we were both working for. And yeah, that was it. But anyway, I love the Gin Blossoms. Man. Again, that quintessential 90s sound. Gin yeah. Blossoms had it too, man. Really, really cool. Um, I would put so- Gin Blossoms with, uh, if we're going to go into that, that 90s yeah, time, I would put Gin Blossoms and Soul Asylum together then. Yeah, I love Soul Asylum too. Uh, somebody to Shove is just like, like your your get up and get good angry music, da, 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 da. you know, just somebody to shove. I love that. Have song. you seen mm-hmm. Clerks three yet? No, is it? It's, so it's on. It's on to buy. You can buy it on. You can stream it now on on okay. whatever on whatever. But remember in Clerks two, um, yeah, yeah, you know uh, they uh, Kevin dropped a, you know a solo song song in there, uh, uh, Misery, right? Okay. And uh, it was just perfectly timed. And that was Clerks too. And I was like, God, this is just such a perfectly timed song uh, for this perfect band that represented, to me, I really think Soul Asylum and Jim Blossom are in that, they they represent the Kevin Smith people because they were just a little bit off to the side. Well, you know what's funny? So I just sidebar on the whole Soul Asylum Kevin Smith thing. He's had their music in since Clerks, dude. He had a song yeah. in Clerks from them. Right. Now, I think that I love the way they place Misery, but at the very end of Chasing Amy, there's a Soul Asylum song, man. Um, you and you and me in three or something, mm-hmm. and uh, and it's 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 brilliant. And when that drops in, and he, oh my, like mind blown, Perfect. dude. Every writer wants that moment. And at the end, chasing Amy with that music on, you're just like, he just nailed it. And so that's funny. So I get, I guess that's a discussion for another day as we get into like some of those nineties underrated bands that we miss. Cause we've got a mix going on here, but geez, those soul sound Jim blossoms definitely land right there, you know, it's together, sad. together. Yeah. Ripping with nineties vibe, which well, is those seventies handed down. It's our gen yeah. X stuff, right? Like totally. I love it. Yeah. Yep, yep. Okay, so moving on. So uh, as far as like a hair metal type band, I went with Tesla. Yeah. Because um, yep. I love, love Tesla. And there they are. Like, wow. Um, I, was funny, I guess they all are. It's just the drummer that was really, really kind of. Well. In the far I, left there, maybe. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess they aren't that. I have, no, I it, it just didn't go. If you, It's really about the 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 looks back then per no, se. I get it. Because Jeff, it wasn't like Jeff Keith was like this Adonis. When you compare him to like Sebastian Bach or you compare him to like, you know, even Brett Michaels or, or Jenny Lane. And I know that they wanted to like separate themselves from them because they were more of a blues band. Um, and they were earlier to them, uh, you know, to that. But they're one of my favorite bands of all time, as you well are aware. Uh, I love that band. I love this band, mm-hmm. Tesla. They're great. But they were too. They, they didn't quite. They, they weren't good looking. Good, good looking enough to make it. And people didn't. I guess. Yeah, their talent though. So the guitars, as I was mentioning, I uh, I was doing some work the other night, and I just need some music, and I threw on Tesla Mechanical Resonance, I believe it's called. Yeah. And oh man, I sent you a picture of the screen. I don't know, it even just last night. I sent you a picture of the screen of it, right? It was yeah. Like, Dude. It. Okay. So the the guitar work reminded me of Thin Lizzy. Yeah. And I loved Thin Lizzy. Their guitar work was was sensational man wow so tesla kind of reminds me of that every album has just a guitar spot where you're like "Ooh, wow what the 
hell's going on there? I mean, that was brilliant. Um, or a hook or a riff where you're just like, little Susie's on the up. You know what I mean? Like, it's just so brilliant. And the singer's got the hooks, man. Like, the hooks that he throws in there. And he doesn't do the same ones basically all the time. It's not cut and pasted, you can tell from back, you know, from back in the day there. And it just, it was, I think it was just one of those bands that everything they did just sounded brilliant. It wasn't I a brought, moment. I had the bass player on my show last year. Mm-hmm. And we talked about some stuff and, and they were more, um, uh, it's, it's the thin Lizzie, but very, uh, and Aerosmith as well. So there's a lot of Aerosmithy kind of like, um, old Aerosmith, old, old, like, no, old Aerosmith, but the just that, Aerosmith yeah, yeah. And stuff like that. Definitely. Um, cause just with the dueling guitars and just like Jeff is a bit, Jeff is a bit like Steven Tyler and the way he moves and stuff. Like he kind of does the, the yeah, thing he and just, he does, I think he's, I think they're better than Steven Tyler. Um, like when you put those two together, I just sure. love the way they, because one guitar has a guitar player too. You know, you'll hear the one guitar go, one guitar player go, and then you can hear the other guy cut it. And it's like, oh, and then it'll cut out. And it's like, man. So it just, just as a, a, as written songs with other guitar players, tons of them, you're kind of like, wow, he decided to come in, play a chord for a minute and then pop back in again instead of just noodling over. You know what I mean? No, I'll just, I'll just harmonize and everything. No, man, check this. I'm going to jump in on this one little part dive out and come back in on the end to bring it up and out like that's yeah. just it, it's great you can tell they work well with each other because it's that joke right like how many guitar players does it take to write a killer riff it takes 10 it <laughs> takes one to write the riff and nine to say well i could have done it oh that's a good one i like that. every guitar player is better than every other guitar player and if you can find a musician or a guitar player to play with who doesn't feel that way then hang on to that. Guitar well, we, t- we talked, we talked about that a couple weeks ago with the uh, Taylor Hawkins tribute and, and um, Wolfie going out and doing the Van Halen stuff. And it was, people were like, Oh, you know what? You know, people play Van Halen and Russ from Russ from uh steel Panther plays Van Halen. And all these guys play Van Halen. It's like, sure. But Wolfie's got the feel and that's why it just felt so real. It just mm. felt so goddamn genuine and awesome because he's got the feel. Well, he was caught by feel. Eddie too. Eddie, it's not like I mean. Eddie has. It's not like like he's Joe Satriani or uh, like yeah. these other guys used to teach people. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, and there's a, a couple guys that taught. You know, you got the guy from Testament that was taught by uh, Sholnick was taught by one of the greats, and then he it just it's all handed down. Um, so Eddie didn't teach anybody except for Young Wolf. Crazy. So Young Wolfenstein there, man, has got a lot of shredding in him. And the cool thing is he doesn't feel that he's got anything. He doesn't need to prove it to anyone. So he's not like shoving his his, his work in everybody's face. You Except he I mean? just and put out like one of the best rock it? albums in the last five years. Yeah, his, his, did, solo, yeah. his solo record is, is fantastic. It's really, really good, man. That's big great. hits. No, good for him, man. Big That's... riffs. Played everything on the record. Yeah. I had uh, Fair Warning on the other day, back to front to back. Oh, so good. I, I love it. Eddie's my favorite musician of all time. So, okay. So t- Tesla, just the guitar work in Tesla, man. Yeah. And me being a guitar, guitar player, highly underrated. Cause you listen to their music and it's just, some of those songs could have been like the biggest hits. I think like, you know, they're, they're so And catchy. check out and check out for people. Like, you know, if you're interested, the latter stuff they've done too, like um, the, the bust the nut record, all these bands, just for the record, a lot of these, hair metal bands um, put out some of their best albums in 1994 because that's when they were getting destroyed by everybody right they were getting Nirvana we'll we'll touch on you know uh, Pearl Jam had come and kind of wiped them wiped it clean so some of those bands were like well we got to put a grunge record out but in other bands like Tesla doubled down on what they were doing and then just riff the shit 
And then we met in 94 and I was like, I want to play this song by Tesla. You're like, no, we're going to write our own songs. I'm like, okay, great. But I was so like that fucking record. I loved it so much. And like Warrant did a killer record. Skid Row did a killer record in 94, 95. They all did these amazing albums. Fucking Poison of all, of all the bands. Richie Kotzen did a full blues record with Poison. It's deadly. It's like some of the best playing. And they're all Richie Kotzen songs. They're not... C.C. DeVille songs, they're not, like, they're Richie Kotzen, like, blues-driven songs, and um, all these bands did it, so Tesla, Tesla has never stopped putting out really good stuff, so I'm glad, I'm glad you're on, you're on your, they're on your list. Right, okay, so the next one's my Canadian band, and that, and we had the pleasure of doing many shows with these guys, man, I don't, yeah, Bionic, from Montreal, and Ian Blurton, uh, legendary, Canadian music god Ian Blurton was in the band for a while there, and oh, that's when we got to play with them. Yeah. Well, both times we got to play when he was in there and when he wasn't. But man, when he was in there, this band was unreal. Um, they had uh, well, so first of all, the singer, the main guy, um, Jonathan Jonathan Cummings. He was in a band called the Doughboys, who was again such an early one of the first pop punk bands in like eighty nine, yeah. ninety, man. And they were yep. doing the da 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 like that that pop punk sound, man. They were doing it. And the funny thing is, the Doughboys don't get credited for shit. So nope. thinking of this now, the Doughboys would be another one. Yeah. Would be my second one. Well, would, mention, would, yeah, yeah. But um, Jonathan Cummings left because he thought it was too poppy, and it was cool because I got to hang out with this student and get in his head a little bit. And I my my big questions to him to get his uh, I noticed. When you hang out with other musicians who you kind of idolize a bit, you gotta, yeah, the Doughboys, the Doughboys are great. So here's the thing when you're hanging out with these musicians when you're an opening band, you gotta, you gotta watch what you ask them and you say around them. Because <laughs> in my experience, you can offend them so easily that it's ridiculous because you're a fan of their past things. Now, he didn't like talking about his time in the Doughboys. See, I remember he was, I saw a video for, uh, Bionic, and he was wearing the same shirt that he had in the Doughboys video. And my icebreaker, I remember, was going to be, hey, man, that is the same shirt you wore in Shine, your video of the Doughboys. And he goes, oh, oh, is it? I don't even remember. And I was like, ah, swing and a miss. All right. So my thing was always asking him. And I used to, I'm, you know me, I'm a chatter. I would get in-depth conversations about shit. So I always, so then my thing was, okay, well, what are you listening to, man? And he would tell me what he was listening to. And then the next show, I, I had it dialed in. And I was like, dude, this is really great. I was listening to blah, blah, blah. What else you got? And he was like, oh. Okay, man. And then he would sit down and have a beer with me, and he was he was teaching me about all this really heavy blues stuff from back in the day. Mm-hmm. And it was heavy blues, man. It was great, and that's where he was getting a lot of his influence from. So the more that he was he was showing me and shedding light on these underrated bands, these heavy blues bands, the more I was getting what he was doing, and the more he was opening up to me. Um, and I was chatting with him as somebody who I who I really enjoyed. Um, I could go into detail of many, many, many musicians who I've met who I walked away going, well, that guy's a dick, not playing <laughs> his music or her music, he or, he or she's music again. Um, that's happened a lot, a lot of times, man. Brent can't talk about it, but I can. Because um, he actually works in the industry and it will fall back on him. I can say all kinds of shit. Um, and when I do, it's my opinion, not his, just so we know. <laughs> but Bionic, man, Bionic is awesome. Assholes are assholes awesome. no matter what. Jonathan Cummings is a brilliant, brilliant musician who was just sick of the, the whole deal of being a musician and, and, yeah. and pleasing the people at the record labels going on tour um doing three shitty shows two great shows one amazing show you know it just 
And he, he told me that flat out. He would tell me flat out, man. And he would get mad when there wasn't, when there wasn't a crowd, man, he would get mad. Like on stage, like during, it, it was just, it wasn't anybody's fault. It was just frustration, man. Yeah. I stayed at his house one time in Montreal. And, yeah, and he's like, Wayne, hey, Wayne Gretzky, Wayne Gretzky. He's like, he's like, uh, Hey man, I'm going out for the night, crashing the couch. All good. Uh, Wayne Gretzky's around. Don't worry. He won't bother you. And it was in a guana the size of the couch. And I'm like, Oh, right. He was right over my head. But I love, I love the, your little side detail that was, his name wasn't Gretzky. His name wasn't Wayne. His name was Wayne Gretzky. Wayne Gretzky. That's right. <laughs> oh man. That was that's great. Good. I love that's that. Funny. I use that in beer league hockey too. When somebody yeah, yeah. scores a goal, I'm like, dude, like being a sarcastic guy. Dude, you're not just Gretzky. You're Wayne Gretzky. That's right. <laughs> thank Love you, Jonathan it. Cummins. Thank you, Bionic. And yeah, we, can no. thank, we can thank uh, Brady Parr for that introduction because Brady Parr from Oh, there's Salmon another Bl- one. Salmon Blaster. Wow. Does anybody from remember Salmon, Salmon Blaster. Blaster Freeway? That's another band we toured with. Yeah. He um, was we like, got in just you got to check out Bionic, man. So we did. And there we go. So everyone listening to Costa, you'll love Bionic. Go find him. Well, if you haven't Great. heard Bionic, and it's hard to find, Bionic, the band, Deliverance. So again, sorry. Uh, Deliverance is the album. Okay. Mm-hmm. Deliverance is the album by Bionica from Montreal. Fantastic. Okay. Now my, my number one band, and this is kind of crazy. This is kind of odd. This is an interesting one. Well, the reason that I call these guys underrated is because when I was younger, anybody I talked to hated them. And I was, I was like called so many derogatory names because I grew up liking the band kiss. Now, again, I'm, I'm, I'm in, I'm 50. I was, yeah, I was around for the deal, man. I was six years old and I wanted Kiss. I wanted to buy it, Love Gun. So my point here is that Gene Simmons has said a lot of shit. He should just, they should have stopped. In my opinion, Kiss should have stopped a long, 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 long time ago. And Gene Simmons should just stop talking. You know, he's, he's a super successful, smart businessman. And he's getting old and he's saying stupid stuff. I don't even want to get into it because it's ridiculous because that's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is the seventies when they put out an album basically every year. And that album was friggin' amazing. You had four guys in there that were fantastic musicians. Um, when Peter Chris was in, Oh my God, watch his drum solos back in like 70, anywhere from 75 to 78, man, his makeup's basically gone at the end of his drum solo. The, the guy's mm. in there. And so many people will say, oh, they're all show, they're all makeup. Peter Chris can't even play the drums. Peter Chris couldn't even, sorry, couldn't even play the drums. Are you kidding me? Um, it was it was so crazy that people would say, well, they're all show. And then you listen to like watching you, bow, it's like the birth of stoner rock, a lot of it, man. Um, yeah, like I wore, I, wore, I wore Kiss on my sleeve, man. I was like, I, I was uh, I was the Kiss fan in my little small town school. Chris Kiss, man, is that in Star Wars? But eventually, <laughs> I have to start hiding that kind of thing a bit because you know if you're in a small town, it doesn't work out for you that great. But I got all Kiss's stuff. Not so, anymore. So the reason you I start say a podcast. Pardon me. Not anymore. You start a podcast. <laughs> you yeah. don't hide it anymore. No, you no, you podcast. don't. Have, <laughs> I don't care, dude. That's yeah. funny thing. About, and and now that I'm old, I always was so worried about hitting fifty, man. I hit 50 and I just like, I look back at everything I've done and I've, I've been loud, man. I've been boisterous. I've, I've escaped the law. I've stuck up for people. I've been beaten down. I've traveled. I've drank way too much. I've smoked too much. I've experimented with all kinds of drugs. 
I had a blast, dude. And I, you know what I mean? Like I, I, yeah. I, my daughter is super successful. I've got an awesome wife. I got amazing best friends like you, Dan, I live in Kingston and it's just like, damn, okay. 50. I got nothing to prove. So I'm at this spot in life where I'm just kind of like at the top going, Hey, I did this, 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 and this. People remind me of some rad things that I don't even remember I did. You know what I mean? I got, I got the, the, the comic book for my legacy and it's just like, okay, 50 isn't too bad at all. Cause now I feel like I have nothing to prove, Brent. It's like when I, you know, when I used to go out, it's like, Oh yeah, shoot, shoot shooters, Chris, let's go. Keep up, keep up. Now you go out and it's like, yeah, what's, what's the lightest beer you got? Oh, I get you, Chris. I got a nice bush light in the fridge for you. I love <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, well, you know, would you like to you want to go out in the, the deck and smoke a joint? Well, maybe a couple drags, Chris, you know, but not the, oh, I get you. I don't want to smoke the whole thing either. We'll be asleep. This is great. I've done it. I've been there. Yeah. And I feel proud of myself now. So 50's awesome. And Kiss was such a big part of growing up for me and realizing that a band can go through, like, they've been around for my whole life. It's crazy. They've basically it's- been around my whole life. And yeah, I've people, watched them change. People we tried to listen to The Elder last night, Lonnie, and you I did. was just like, I couldn't do it. But you, but people, and to define like most underrated bands of all time, this might confuse people about Kiss because in essence, they're one of the most successful bands of all time as far as financially and just cashing in, cashing in, cashing in. But for them to actually get credit for anything. Music-wise, they're amazing, I, man. But I, but I understand that. But people yeah. don't see that side That's of it. What I'm they, they see the spectacle. They actually don't. It's like a, it's like seventy scorpions. No one knows anything about no. seventy scorpions. They know they know rock you like a hurricane. They you know they know the wind of change. Those are like the big songs. They got the cool. hippie stuff back in the seventies, right? Yeah. But no one knows about the seventy scorpions. Hell, true that. You know, and and the fact that you know Gene Simmons found Eddie Van Halen. Like, there's a lot of things that people need to like give them credit for, despite maybe as it's gotten off the rails over the last little bit and just trying to maintain it. I think we're and I I don't want to speak for you here, but I think the point about most underrated bands, as far as Kiss being underrated, is just the fact that. And I'm not comparing them to Nickelback, but what? I, but the the hate that Kiss gets is about on the same level that Nickelback gets. And both well, bands have sold a hundred million albums. <laughs> so it's like Kiss. Kiss yeah. kind of got it right off the beginning too. You know what I mean? It yeah, was weird. yeah. The one thing that I was so if I'm discussing Kiss with anybody, and they say this to me, what I'm about to repeat, I, I just walk. I, I don't bother. There's and I, the funny thing is I had a, a close friend anyway. Um, oh, Kiss. Yeah, rock and roll all night. What a great song. It's like. Really? Because, like, you, you know, you're going to use that as your example to judge Kiss rock and roll all night. You know, it, it's like judging Spider-Man off of uh, Spidey Super Stories for the yeah. kids once, right? Like, it's yeah. just redonkulous. So as soon as somebody tells me that, or, they're all makeup, they're all show. And that was back in the day. That, that was back when I was young. Because when I was a youngling, man, I was always like, Kiss ruled. And then you just get beaten down so much. And it's like. Yeah, I don't even want to talk about uh, to, it. Again. To your point about that, I want to make a point about I, I, about uh, people going and getting a chance to see some of these bands that are still out there trying to do it. I just saw Aerosmith a couple of weeks ago in Vegas, and they were killer. And I was like, "Wow, okay." I mean, that was like the best. It, that was the best Aerosmith show I've seen since like '89, and I'm completely fine with it being the last Aerosmith show I ever see. Yeah. Uh, but I also saw Kiss at the O2 in London a couple of years ago with my kids. I'm completely fine with that being the last ever Kiss show yeah. I ever see. Um, but you should put it on your list to see these bands that are still trying to do it. Um, they're not all great. 
Like you're not going to go to a great white show at a club in Peterborough and be like, this is the fucking best thing I've ever seen. But Wasp is touring again. And by all accounts, that show is killer. So it's like is Chris Holmes in there. No, I don't think so. I think Chris Holmes is face down in a pool somewhere. But he was just dude. right before yeah. COVID. He was here. We had him on the KPP circuit. Yeah. I, I don't know. I'd have to double check and see if he's back. And I don't think so. I don't. I think him and Black are in, in bad shape. But but regardless, uh, from what I've been told, it's great. Priest goes into the Hall of Fame this weekend. You know, nice. plays and they bring uh, uh, Dowling and, and everybody in. Like, it's not just rock. Like, just go go see everything if you can. If you have an opportunity to go, go see all these bands that are well, like. That's just kind of tough sometimes it. too, though, when you're. The ticket prices are a million dollars. Well, that's what, if you got a, if you got the means, or you can catch them on a fair or fat or something, or you can catch them. You know, you're always going to find a lover boy at, at the state fair. You're always going to find April Wine down the street uh, playing. There's an underrated fair. band, man. Absolutely. Holy how they got some songs. Absolutely. And the Gypsy Queen was like, oh, that's just. And when like, you and you actually type in most underrated rock bands of all time, they are in like the top twenty-five. I can so see that. Go. April Wine's a great band. Yeah, I, I, they're again, they're another one of those ones with the guitar harmonies and stuff. Where I'm, I'm always just like, dude. Ding, we're ding, running ding, a bit. Ding, 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 we're ding, running ding, a bit da, on da, time. Da, da. Well, that Pardon and that, that that uh, that uh, bell is as famous as any riff in any song ever. Yeah. Right. Ever. And like, uh, everything will be all right. That became a beer commercial. Not even the. Ding, 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 ding. Not even that. Just the, the chorus out of that. So you've got two iconic things out of that one song. So yes, I'm with you. Um, okay, we got to go soon, but I'm going to just blast through mine real quick here. Oh, wait, one um, sec. Yeah. Dude, I've always loved I've always loved Duran Duran. I've always they, they loved went in Duran last night Duran. too. They went in last night too. Um, uh, and uh, they all looked great. They played Girls on Film. They played... Oh. Uh, they played um, uh, Reflex and they played Ordinary World which is a massively like underrated song right. uh, you know and that's great and plus they were like the first band to get the Bond soundtrack like in 85 yeah, View to a Kill yeah. remember yeah. View to a Kill remember that yeah. they she were like the first band I remember View to a Kill Union of the Snake I got the eight or the, just the cassettes of those no I was yeah. a really big Duran Duran fan back in the day um, as I say like I, I listened to all kinds of music and there's so much stuff I I wish I could have been. I wish I lived in a bigger, grew up in a bigger area, so I could have yeah. expressed myself a little more. But I did. You know, I'd like I, all good, all good. Um, you know, but, they played the same night. So they played the same night that I was in Toronto wow. a couple weeks ago. So uh, Edge was in uh, at the arena with with Raw. I had my show, and Duran Duran was at the amphitheater, and I was like, oh, I can't get over there. Um, so you wanted to mention one more? Uh, yeah. So, anyways, on mine, I, I just want to I'll blast through mine real, real quick because uh, obviously we had to get, make room for our guest today. But um, okay. Uh, for me, um, this is going to blow some uh, a few people's brains away probably, but um, for me, I think Soundgarden are one mm -hmm. of the most underrated bands of all time. Uh, and let's, again, let's let's move backwards here on the success and amount of albums sold and all the rest of it. Um, now that Cornell is gone, I think people are really diving in going, holy shit. Like it really, and his solo stuff and everything. So Cornell, just on his own, as an artist, 
most well, he didn't under, get respect. Most, he didn't really no. get a lot of vocal respect until he left Soundgarden. You know what I mean? Like, right. Temple of the Dog was a great album. I remember buying Temple of the Dog yeah. when it first came out and being so stoked on it, and then it's just like, oh. But shit, and his dude. solo stuff was great. He just did it before he died. He did a cover of Patience by Guns N' Roses, which is fucking amazing. Um, he did uh, Nothing Compares to You. That Prince tune uh, that uh, Sinead did, um, but so it's kind of one and the same for me. So Cornell and Soundgarden to me are are you know I think very underrated, and I think that if Matt wasn't playing in Pearl Jam, you would see less of Soundgarden. I think that Matt's playing in Pearl Jam keep, obviously keeps him out out there and, and all the rest of it, and um, they tried to do as much, but I really think Soundgarden is extremely underrated to me. Uh, and I, and I just, um, they just got lost in that shuffle. Um, uh, the cost of, yeah, Stone Temple Pilots, I think that they were on that, that cusp. I think the later stuff that Stone STP did is better than the early stuff, personally. Fun, but, fun, fun fact about the Stone Temple Pilots. Yeah. Uh, their bass player is like one of the greatest bass players ever. And he wrote a lot of their stuff. That rhythm section, I taught brother. a lot of bass. I taught a lot of Stone Temple Pilots in my day on bass and man. Were they not only fun to play, they were super smart, dude. Yeah. And their their new singer uh, is really great. And he uh, and they gave him, you know, an opportunity to run. And their last record they did sounds like there. So Takasa, yes, STP was kind of like that was the band that was that Chris and I, when we were um, writing songs together, I would say that that band was on the most because of the different. Plus, we played Vaseline as one of our first cover songs. But also, there was like, um, there was just a, something about that band, about the way they, they pulled songs together. They were in together. between, if you ask me to do sorry, I think they, they're right in between Pearl Jam and Nirvana. Like, just yeah. perfectly yeah. right. You know what I mean? So they were. So that's a nice one to Casa. We we definitely they're they're definitely uh, underrated. I am gonna I'm gonna I'm not gonna say disagree with you because I think STP uh, STP were exactly what they were. Um, I don't think that they were underrated. I just think that they. Um, like the bass player was uh, the bass player was. I, I think, but I think I think Scott's demons took that band over a little bit because um, people would argue, oh, Nirvana was over underrated. Well, no, I don't think so at all. I think Nirvana did exactly what Nirvana was supposed to do. Just like I think STP did exactly what STP was supposed to do, which was play the middle, as you said, Chris. I think they played the middle very well. Soundgarden were extremely influential over here. Pearl Jam were extremely influential over here. Nirvana was extremely influential over here. And then you had other bands like Screaming Trees that got lost in the shuffle as well. That's another band that was like, um, you know, just ah, writing amazing songs, but there's just not room for everybody. And um, and so Dacasa, I will be. I'm I'm with you on on STP. I actually love that band. I love everything about that band. Um, but I think that they did exactly what they were supposed to do. I didn't expect more out of them than what I got. I got exactly what I wanted out of that band. So. Another, another fun fact. Fun fact. First time I ever heard Stone Temple Pilots was in a strip joint in London, Ontario. How about that? Fun fact. Uh, fun and fact. I was, but, uh, but, sorry, but we were, the, sorry, I didn't, I wasn't finished. Um, no. I, I was, I, sorry, I was, I was kind of, I was back in time there at that strip joint for a second there. Um <laughs> Uh, a couple more. You and I both agree on Prong. Prong yes. was definitely one of the most underrated metal bands of all time. They were dropping the riffs uh, just as heavy as Pantera and uh, Slayer, uh, but with that, had that really, they're like a combination. They were like a combination of Bionic and Pantera 
and something like they just drove, which is why maybe we love Bionic so much. But but um, Prong Killer, their last record, awesome. Uh, and you know, there's a bunch. I had Bloister Cult. I had a bunch of different ones. And then you know, obviously we can't forget about the Kinks. So um, I mean, Jesus, this band, everyone covered the riff. They really did. Da, 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 da. Like it's just like to me, the Kinks are like. Um, everyone covers that band. Everyone pulls something from that band. And I don't think that there's like, like Green Day, like, you know, you, you think of like, uh, uh, that's kinks just slow down. You know, it, it's, it's any, you listen to the, and I listen to Green Day now and I go, my God, there's so many, there's so many kinks in Green Day stuff. So yeah, I think that they're, uh, they're one of the most underrated bands of all time, for sure. Yeah. One of the another uh, honorable mention would be Hanoi Rocks in the hair metal. Holy shit! Yeah, Listen that to guy some died. Hanoi right? Rocks. They got some. You want to hear where uh, like Motley Crue and all these other bands got their sound from, man? Uh, the Sonics. That's a good one. Yeah, um, but Hanoi Rocks, man, you want to check them out? They uh, they got they they just their songs are party songs, party rock songs. Before you know, a lot of the other bands grabbed them. So that's a, a brief list, uh, an hour. That was long fun, list. man. I like that. That was an, a great an hour, episode. An hour long list of uh, of uh, of underrated bands that we could go on for days. I have guests for days for this topic. Uh, as far as like Darren coming on, we've got music journalists coming on. We could go for days on this subject, and we did three weeks in a row of the Halloween thing. Um, geez, we could probably do more of these, but we'll, we'll, we'll whatever. There's lots coming up. Oh, that's we've fun. Got, Why don't we uh, do that? I like that idea. Yeah. That's fun. We've got, we've got some more stuff coming up. Um, obviously we're going to have the, some new series starting soon. Uh, our old friend Mike posted that Andor might be the best Star Wars series made yet, which was interesting. And I still haven't watched it. Yeah. I well, I have. haven't either. We'll have to let him come on and just do his thing. Yeah. Sure. It's kind of cool because I won't be able to argue about anything because I haven't seen it. <laughs> but I just Poor saw, Mike, I just saw, I just saw him posted the other day and I was like, yeah, I, I got to dive into this show. And I, I watched the first 10 minutes of it and then I got pulled away. We got the dog. Anyways, um, it's a whole thing. That was a good episode. I enjoyed that. And it's always good um, to have Darren on. I, I, I have some questions I wanted to ask him, um, yeah. but another time. We'll get into that down the road. He's got uh, lots of time for us, which is oh, awesome. For sure. So. I, I know. I know. Yeah. Um, just some old Goldfinger questions. I get, I'm just one I, when he gets happy about it, and I see that, and the door's open. I want to. Yeah. Um. Uh. So Dacosta hasn't touched Boba Fett yet. Uh. Do Boba Fett. It's great. It'll do. Like it'll Boba touch. Fett, yeah. It'll. It'll pull. It'll pull all the heartstrings for you, Dacosta. Don't be afraid of it. Go for it. Despite there's there's people that review shows and rip it to shreds and want to rip it to shreds, and sometimes you got people like Chris and I that just want. I mean, we have our moments with Star Wars, but we like to just be, hey, thanks for giving us some more Star Wars. Lots and of Easter eggs, man. Lots of, a lot old of Easter things. Eggs. You're, yeah. It's great. Do do yourself a favor, Dacosta. Don't be afraid of it. Go for it. Um, you can and find thanks for us. joining us. Oh, again, Dacosta, you're going to get the shirt for the, you know, you're, you're going to be there for the fan of the of the year. Uh, yeah. TheKidsOnTheEscalator.com is back up and running. It was down for a couple of weeks, but it is back up and running. So please join us over there for all the episodes. Uh, past and present and future. Yeah. Uh, you can also catch us on Kids on the Escalator on uh, YouTube, uh, where we're gonna, you know, get all tidy there and and have some more highlights. And I don't know. Well, you got a cat there. I'd bring my dog, but uh, he's probably passed out upstairs. That's um, just, he's like he's like right there. Oh, here he goes. Here he is. Here he is. 
I should give you a dog. Hey, what's going on? I should give you just, a, what the like, hell do you want? I don't like. I should give you a dog update because he's he's quite large now. But anyways, what uh, the dog is or my cat? Uh, both. The dog's yeah. getting quite getting there too. Oh, uh, you can find us uh, every week on the Dean Blundell Network. Thanks to them. Uh, thanks to you guys for listening. Thanks to Darren for coming on. Hope you guys will uh, join us next week down the road. Um, it is I'm a long weekend. Dangerous Dorothy, gracious Gary, we can't wait to hear your five underrated bands Man, of all time. Yeah, be Elvis, yeah. the Beatles, and Will and Jennings. Just kidding. We cooked them. The, we had them over last night, Brent, for ribs and chicken, and it was just like the best. We cooked the best ribs and chicken ever for them. We had such a good dinner last night. Yeah. Cheers, folks. Good times. Rad dudes. Thanks, everybody. I'm Connie Teeson, the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favorite podcast app. I'm Sarah Burke, and I host the Women in Media podcast, where I'm exploring the challenges women face in the media spotlight and celebrating our triumphs. My guests come from radio, TV, news, and sports, and we'll cover topics like leadership, diversity, stereotypes, and more. Most of all, I'm looking to build a community through a space where we can discuss anything. The Women in Media podcast, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at womeninmedia.ca.